House Chair Frolic, it's Honourable Mazzoni speaking. Um, House Chair Frolic, may I just check with you if you received the change in speaking times for the Democratic Alliance speakers this afternoon? Um, okay, may I ask, since we're still busy with our silent prayer meditation, can I ask the table staff to interact with you so that when we get to your speakers, the time will be sorted out? Thank you very much. Thank you, Honourable Members. Before I proceed, I would like to remind you that the virtual mini-plenary is deemed to be in the precincts of Parliament and thus constitutes a meeting of the National Assembly for debating purposes only. In addition to the rules of virtual sittings, the rules of the National Assembly, including the rules of debate, apply. Members enjoy the same powers and privileges that apply in a sitting of the National Assembly. Members should equally note that anything said in the virtual platform is deemed to have been set in the House and may be ruled upon. All members who have locked in shall be considered to be present and are requested to mute their microphones and only unmute it when they are recognized to speak. This is because the mics are very sensitive and any noise will be picked up and it may disturb the order of proceedings and also the ability of members to follow the debate. When recognized to speak, please unmute your microphone and connect your video. Members may make use of the icons on the bar at the bottom of their screens, which has an option that allows a member to put up his or her hand to raise a point of order. The Secretariat will assist in alerting me when members are requesting to speak. When using the virtual platform, members are urged to refrain or desist from unnecessary points of order or interjections. We shall now proceed to the order, which is debate on vote number 35, Science and Innovation Appropriation Bill. I now recognize the Honorable Minister of Higher Education, Science and Innovation. The Honorable Minister. Uh, Honorable House Chairperson, Mr. Frolic, Honorable Members of Parliament, Cabinet colleagues who are present, our Deputy Minister of Higher Education, Science and Innovation, Honorable Butimana Mela, members of the Portfolio Committee on Higher Education, Science and Technology, led by its Honorable Chairperson, Mr. Philima Pulani, the Director General of the Department, Dr. Philim Joaha, officials of the Department of Science and Technology, my special advisors and the ministry team, chairpersons and CEOs of our entities, invited guests, ladies and gentlemen. This marks our third budget vote of the sixth democratic parliament. I'm pleased to inform the house that cabinet recently approved our draft decadal plan for the process to finalize a decadal plan for science, technology and innovation, STI as we call it, so that we drive a government-wide, including broader societal agenda of our national system of innovation. The decadal plan is premised on advancing a whole of government approach and ultimately a whole of society approach to innovation in South Africa. Like the rest of government and our society in general, our national system of innovation has been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. This pandemic has changed life as we know it, but it has also taught us some important lessons. One of the lessons is that investing in science 
is vital for South Africa's future and its development, especially investing in science and during the period of a pandemic. Our science and innovation investments made in the past decades led to us building expertise infrastructure and research capacity needed in our response to when diseases strike. Much as our budget is not adequate at all. This was demonstrated when our national system of innovation leveraged our response to this COVID-19 pandemic. Collectively, we were able to respond to COVID-19 in a joint effort that would have made dear Charlotte McClake, whose 150th anniversary we celebrated this year, very proud as a BSc graduate from the United States herself in her own times. These investments and the talent brought into our national system of innovation led our country to produce premier science that is not only assisting us locally, but also contributing to the global body of knowledge on COVID-19. I'm proud, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, to say that our infrastructure in response to COVID-19 include the following. The Wazulu Natal Research Innovation and Sequencing Platform called CRISP, which saw local scientists lead investigations into the evolutionary characteristics of the virus and detected a new variant dubbed 501YV2. Also, the Center for Proteomic and Genomic Research, and thirdly, the South African Biodiversity Institute whose research and development portfolio includes pathogen genomics and the skills needed in the areas of vaccine, biochemistry, microbiology, and genetics, among others. We also established an indigenous knowledge-based research team that is investigating seven monoherbal and two multiherbal medicine formulations with potential relevance to COVID-19. We are also collaborating with the Northwest University to raise public awareness on the protection, promotion, development, and management of Indigenous Knowledge Act. Other interventions we made include data modeling. We are very proud of this through what we call the CMO Situational Awareness Platform developed by our Council for Scientific and Industrial Research for COVID-19. This data modeling system provides close to real-time data analytics on the coronavirus outbreak per province, district, municipality, and ward. In other words, through the system, you can zoom into any ward in the country and be able to see the pattern of the virus. Also, we've invested in the South African Population Research Infrastructure Network, SAPRIN, random sample of household research to document the knowledge, behavior, and outcomes of these households in relation to non-pharmaceutical COVID-19 measures. The Human Research Sciences, the Human Sciences Research Council, sorry, surveys to measure the public response to COVID-19 and the effects of lockdown, as well as the South African Radio Astronomy Observatory National Ventilator Project, 
which we were doing together with the Department of Trade and Industry and Competition, and the deployment of hydrogen fuel cell systems in hospitals and medical facilities for energy generation. These infrastructure networks and investments were instrumental in allowing our government to respond quickly and effectively in managing the coronavirus outbreak. They also demonstrated our world-class competence in identifying variants and keeping science at the foundation and at the forefront of government decision-making. Cabinet has approved the strategy of DSI to drive a multi-pronged national vaccine production and development strategy to secure our nation's long-term preparedness. In this regard, our Department of Science and Innovation is working closely with BioVec, in which the state has 47% shareholdership in this company, to increase the scope of public participation and leveraging capital investment by domestic, private, and international vaccine players to build South Africa's vaccine production resilience. Through this, we hope to build strong partnerships with China, Russia, and other BRICS partners, as well as European and North American partners, including Cuba, which is very advanced when it comes to biochemistry and other related disciplines. We are particularly pleased that the commitment of expatriates, most notably Dr. Patrick Sun Xiong, a former graduate of Vitz University, to invest in our nation's future pandemic security. We have also developed the innovation strategy in support of our country's economic reconstruction and recovery plan as announced by our president last year. The strategy repositions our department to promote new knowledge production and innovation directly supportive of the strategic aims of the reconstruction and recovery program. In order to support our human resources development drive through the National Research Foundation, we have awarded at least 3,000 research grants to researchers based at various research performing institutions in our country. These include grants earmarked to support emerging and established researchers through various programs such as Tutuga, the New Generation of Academics Program, the National Research Foundation Rated Researchers, Established and Unrated Researchers, as well as the South African Research Chairs Initiative and the Centers of Excellence. We have also made good progress in the development of the Hydrogen Society Roadmap. Hydrogen South Africa recently completed its second five-year which identified opportunities that would assist in promoting the commercialization Honourable members, please ensure that when you join the platform, your microphones are switched off. You're causing an unnecessary disturbance when proceedings are underway. The Honourable Minister may continue. Thank you, Honourable Chair. I was saying that Hydrogen South Africa recently completed its second five-year review, which identified opportunities that would assist in promoting the commercialization of locally developed intellectual property 
in strategic markets, as well as attracting high levels of participation from local small and medium enterprises. Recent announcements that Toyota and Sasso are now ready to manufacture fuel cell powered cars is testament to our department's hard work to ensure our full participation in the planned Platinum Valley Industrial Project, which will cover a region stretching from Anglo-Americans, Mukhalakwena Platinum Mine near Mukubane, to Johannesburg and Durban. Through the Agricultural Bio-Innovation Partnership Program, ABIP, we continue to support a number of platforms and multi-staker government industry consortia that include the wheat breeding platform, the plant health consortium, the climate resilience consortium, the wet carcass syndrome study, and the two new agro-processing projects for Cape Alu and maize. In terms of skills development and transformation, our agricultural bioinnovation partnership program supported black masters and PhD students and technicians as well as black emerging farmers. Honorable Chairperson and members, the South African National Space Agency, SANSA, remains the pride of our nation. South Africa, through SANSA, has been selected as one of two international civil aviation organizations, ICAO, designated regional space weather centers. ICAO is the international UN agency for aviation. By 2024, we are therefore expected to ensure a fully operational space weather capability that meets the ICAO requirements as well as advanced research capabilities in the space weather field. We are also funding the Space Propulsion Program, which is the Aerospace Research Group based at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. The University of KwaZulu-Natal is currently the only South African university pursuing an applied rocket propulsion program, producing graduates with skills that are solely needed in advanced manufacturing, aerospace systems design, and computational analysis. The program currently has 19 registered postgraduate students, six PhD and 13 masters. In order to address challenges of ocean governance, as identified by Operation Pakisa, the Cape Peninsula University of Technology, through funding from our Department of Science and Innovation, is leading a consortium that will develop a constellation of low-cost nanosatellites to facilitate South African marine domain awareness, an important dimension of the ocean's economy. We have awarded the infrastructure tender for the near-cut extension to develop the necessary infrastructure in the square kilometer array site for the 20 dishes that are to be added to the Meerkat telescope to extend its research area reach. The tender of approximately 870 million rand includes digging and the rollout of fiber and electrical cables to the dishes. This development, honorable chair and honorable members, will further boost job creation for locals in the area and expand research and innovation opportunities for more science and engineering postgraduates and professionals in future years. The Meerkat will further be integrated into the square kilometer array phase one 
with an additional 133 antennas in the Karoo, up to 80 kilometers from the core, to make it a 197-dish array mid-frequency telescope. This expansion is a partnership between South Africa, Germany, and Italy. We have also finalized a memorandum of agreement on the establishment of the Square Kilometer Array Exploratorium in Carnarvon. The envisaged 60 million rand multipurpose science tourism visitor center will create jobs, boost tourism in the area, and serve as a science outreach hub for local schools and communities. After a delay in the ratification of the SKA Observatory Convention by some members due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the SKA Observatory has been formally established paving the way for the international partnership to decide on the start of SKA construction. Honorable Chair and members, close to 700 million euros worth of contracts for the construction of the SKA will be awarded to companies and providers in the SKA member countries, providing a substantial return on investment for those countries. Spin-offs are also expected to emerge from work to design and build the Square Kilometer Array, with startups already being created out of some of the design work. Honorable Chair, in partnership with the European Union, we will implement the viability and validation of innovations for service delivery program to demonstrate, pilot, and evaluate technologies and innovations that can improve the performance and functioning of municipalities to deliver basic services. As a department, we are deliberately targeting women and youth initiatives in order to broaden their participation in the economy. We are currently working with the South African mobile device, devices, distributors, and repairers association, an industry organization for the repair and distribution of electronic communication devices. The Media Information and Communication Technologies Sector Education and Training Authority, the MICT CETA, is training 80 technicians in cell phone repair, which will enable them to operate from their areas of origin, mostly townships and, and peri-urban areas. I also intend bringing the wholesale and retail CETA as a partner in this project. Sikatel Guti, I'm a cell phone to Namanje Asakandwa. The solar turtle kiosks concept, which aims to give women and the youth the opportunity to run green enterprises, will be used as repair centers or workshops in areas where there are physical space challenges. The DSI is supporting the National Pathway Management Network as part of the Presidential Youth Employment Intervention. Our main contribution so far has been our facilitation of the development of a youth services platform led by the MLAB, which is an important contributor to enabling youth participation in innovation. 
I'm delighted also to report that our joint funding and implementation of the South African Mining Extraction Research Development and Innovation Program is in full swing. We have developed a three-dimensional atlas of South African gold and platinum group metals. Last year, we also launched the Technology Availability and Readiness Atlas portal to provide the mining industry with access to the capabilities and offerings of local mining original equipment manufacturers. Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, as a department, we remain committed to increasing the special footprint of innovation through our technology stations programs. These stations have stronger links to technical and vocational education and training colleges, the TVETs. This will bring into reality the announcement I made about a year ago that I am determined and I intend funding and supporting innovation in our TVET colleges. We are also expanding the Rural Living Labs concept in each province in this current and the 2022 financial year. These labs will expand programs aimed at equipping young people with 21st century digital skills for employment, supporting grassroots innovators to develop solutions that will help resolve some of the community challenges. We also want to desire to position, sorry, the National Integrated Cyber Infrastructure System funded by our department to play a major role in the post-COVID recovery processes by enabling greater uptake and infusion of high performance computing in industry, especially for SMMEs. Also my business abangani nabu, fadaba was seven summer computer manager, I can confirm that our department, in partnership with the Department of Communications and Digital Technologies, working with Minister Stella Ndabene Abrahams, who have now established the World Economic Forum Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution, operational, one of the only two on the African continent. However, we had to postpone the inaugural summit as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Our department also continues to advance African partnerships in science, technology, and innovation, both with bilateral partners and within the framework of the African Union and the Southern African Development Community. One of our major successes in 2020 was the establishment of the COVID-19 Africa Rapid Grant Fund led by South Africa. This is being managed by the National Research Foundation and is supporting 80 science projects in 17 African countries. As a department, we'll also continue with our preparations to host the World Science Forum, which aims to promote and celebrate international solidarity in science. All the work mentioned and others, which I did not mention in this budget speech, will be supported by the budget appropriation of 8.9 billion rands, which includes allocations to our agencies. Indeed, much more resources are needed in order to increase investment into research and development. So we increase from the current 0.81% of the GDP of the target of 1.5% as contained in our national development plan. I would like to thank our honorable president, Cyril Ramaphosa, the deputy president, my cabinet colleagues, our deputy minister, Manamela, the chairperson and members of the portfolio committee 
for their support and guidance. Gratitude also goes to my wife, Pumelele, my staff in the ministry, and to the Director General, Dr. Philip Joacha, my advisors, and the entire executive management committee and staff of the department, the boards and executives of our entities, and everybody who contributed towards the achievement of our mandate as the department. With these words, then, I tabled the budget and request that it be supported for the Department of Science and Innovation 2021 to 2022. Honourable members of the Portfolio Committee and all members of Parliament, fellow South Africans. It was Neil deGrasse Tyson, an American astrophysicist, planetary scientist and author, who remarked that, and I quote, the good thing about science is that it's true whether or not you believe in it, close quote. This simple but profound articulation by Neil Tyson reinforces the significant role and importance that science, technology, and innovation plays in our lives. Science as a base is always true, whether you believe it or not, is irrelevant. Honorable Chair, 2020 was a devastating and extremely difficult year for the entire humanity. The South African economy was not spared the ravages of COVID-19. When it hit our shores, the economy was already not performing at its optimal levels. In fact, South Africa was already experiencing a recession. The measures implemented by government in particular had locked down in order to save lives and livelihoods further compounded the situation. The COVID-19 pandemic more than other recent crises has emphasized the importance of science, technology, and innovation to both prepare for and react to future crises. The pandemic elicited an unprecedented deployment of the global STI community. Furthermore, digit, digital technologies played a pivotal role in ensuring that certain businesses and parliament in particular maintained their operations and their businesses. It enabled parts of the economy and society to continue working, thereby alleviating some of the negative impacts of the pandemic. The Department of Science and Innovation, and in fact, the whole of the South African system of innovation, have and continue to make significant contributions to combating and mitigating the impacts of COVID-19. These actions and efforts were only possible because South Africa's historical investment in building STI capability. 
It was these capabilities that could immediately be mobilized to, among others, enhance South Africa's ability to test for COVID-19, monitor and track the rates of infection, ensure that we participate in global efforts to develop a vaccine, direct efforts to investigate prophylactic measures based on indigenous knowledge, assess the public's attitude to and perceptions to the virus and the measures institution instituted to mitigate its effects, and locally develop and manufacture ventilators. More recently, our genomic surveillance program led to South Africa discovering the first variant of COVID-19, which sensitized the global scientific community to how this virus mutates. For these efforts and their ongoing sterling work, our STI community deserves the nation's praise and appreciation. Consistent with President Ramaphosa's articulation of the overriding priorities for the 2020-2021 in last year's State of the Nation Address, South Africa has, has the unique opportunity to address the long-term structural deficiencies of its economy and place it on a new path to growth and job creation. Science, technology, and innovation is central to building this new economy. And the department through its strategic outcomes comprehensively support the priorities identified uh, recently in the South African Economic Reconstruction and Recovery Plan. In this regard, continued long-term investment in research, development, innovation in South Africa over the years will be leveraged to contribute to economic reconstruction and recovery in three areas. And these are RDI to revitalize and modernize existing industries and sectors. Two, RDI that creates new sources of growth and stimulates R&D-led industrial development. And lastly, RDI in support of a capable developmental state. The key sectors that will be supported mainly through the supporting sectors master plan include agriculture, mining, mineral beneficiations, and manufacturing. The department's budget allocation increases from 7.3 billion in the 2020-2021 financial year to 8.9 billion in the 2020-2022 financial year. This represents when adjusted for inflation, a real increase of 17.8% and seemed to restore funding commitments to 2020 levels, which was a total allocation of 8.8 billion before the two adjustment budgets. The 2021-2022 allocation show a strong focus on innovation activities. The department's key cost drivers is transfers and subsidies to its entities, universities, and other research performing institutions. In 2021-22, this totals 8.4 billion and represents 93.6% of the department's total budget. Transfers and subsidies total 6.8 billion in the, in the previous financial year. Furthermore, over the medium term, the department has set aside 5.3 billion to scale up interventions supporting the local production of ventilators, nanosatellites, hydrogen fuel cell technologies, renewable energy R&D, and pilot projects such as the KwaZulu-Natal Research Innovation and Sequencing Platform, which is part of the National Genomic Surveillance Program. 
Notable changes in allocation to transfers and subsidies include the allocation of innovation projects research, which increases from 171.4 million to 503.3 million. This allocation supports innovation activities and aims to increase, commercialize, and use publicly funded IP. The allocation of science awareness and initiatives to encourage youth participation in science increases from 33.5 million to 91.6 million. The allocation for the square kilometer array capital contribution to research increases from 456.6 million to 802.4 million. This is driven by the additional 20 antennae that will be added to the Meerkat. The allocation for uh, CSIR mining and R&D increases from 41.7 million to 63.5 million. The allocation to CSIR cyber infrastructure R&D increases from 60.2 million to 272.1 million. This is the next tranche of funding to enhance the national integrated cyber infrastructure system, which is allocated 3.6 billion over the medium term. The approval honorable chairperson by cabinet on the 24th of March, 2021 of the draft science technology and innovation decadal plan, which serves as the implementation plan for the 2019 science technology and innovation white paper is a significant development for the national system of innovation. The approval of the draft decadal plan enables the Minister of Higher Education, Science and Innovation and the department to begin consultations with those ministers and departments whose portfolios are STI intensive. The draft decadal plan sets the basis to ensure that there is a comprehensive approach to and mainstreaming of STI across all government operations. Furthermore, cabinet approval of the draft decadal plan allows certain provision of the white paper to commence. This includes that the president of the Republic can now convene for the first time in history the annual STI plenary, a stakeholder body which seeks to maintain, to mainstream STI across all government departments, the private sector and civil society. The president can also now appoint and lead an interministerial cabinet committee on, S on STI, which will be responsible for overseeing the implementation of the decadal plan. It is hoped that these measures will improve the coordination of the NSI and enhance its responsiveness to South Africa's social and economic challenges. Another strategic development that will receive specific attention over the medium term includes continuing the work to establish the Sovereign Innovation Fund, which will support the commercialization of locally developed intellectual property. Of key concern is the, to the committee is the current total investment in R&D. The long-standing goal of spending 1.5% of GDP on R&D as articulated uh, is not being realized. Currently, as assessed by the South African National Survey on Research and Experimental Development 2018-19 Statistical Report, expenditure on R&D as a percentage of our GDP at current levels was 0.75% in 2018-29, which is eight basis points lower than the 
0.83% recorded in 2017-2018. It is hoped that the framework set by the decadal plan to ensure a whole-of-government approach to innovation and mainstreaming STI across government will boost the efforts to increase national investment in STI. The second key concern of the portfolio community is the slow pace of transformation within the national system of innovation. This area of transformation is mainly hampered by the limited resources, poor education outcomes in mathematics and science, and the small size of our science system. In this regard, we note a new postgraduate funding policy which covers the full cost of study to afford students financial security to continue and finish their degrees as implemented by the department in 2020 as a measure to accelerate transformation of the NSI. However, this has resulted in fewer students being supported. Along with postgraduate funding policy, the department has developed and is implementing a new transformation framework that considers transformation in six dimensions. It is hoped that these initiatives will bring about real change and the committee will be overseeing this very closely. Additionally, the committee's concern <clears throat> about the inadequate and declining levels in real terms of the parliamentary grant allocated to the entire science and innovation portfolio, which is a serious concern. This affects skills development and retention, research and innovation outputs, the ability to develop and enhance STI capability and maintain and acquire infrastructure. The committee recommends that agent attention be given to the funding models uh, of science councils. Furthermore, the procurement regulations imposed by the Public Finance Management Act make it difficult for the science councils to secure contract income from the public sector. The science council depend on this income to ensure their sustainability and execution of the public service mandate. We urge the National Treasury to give due consideration to this matter. In conclusion, Chair, the pandemic has highlighted the critical need to ensure that STI policy direct RDI efforts towards achieving the socioeconomic and environmental sustainability, inclusivity and resilience. Hence the resurgent thought that advocates that science, technology and innovation should be considered as an investment and not merely as an expenditure item against the national fiscal, which should receive urgent attention. The ANC support the adoption of this budget, Honorable Chair, and I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Lothrit, and the time of the DA has been adjusted as requested by the Chief Whip. The Honorable Lothrit will have seven minutes. Honorable Lothrit. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. I served on the Portfolio Committee of Science and Technology during the fifth Parliament. And in preparing for this budget speech, I went back to my last speech on S&T, and that was in 2018. It is very interesting that uh, the Honorable Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee, the Honorable Mapulane, also quotes the astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. I ended my speech with the following quote, innovations in science and technology are the engines of the 21st century economy. If you care about the wealth and health of your nation tomorrow, then you'd better rethink 
how you allocate taxes to fund science. And then I think, Chairperson, we have to look at where we are in 2021. The world and the country are experiencing one of the worst pandemics in recent history. All across the world and in South Africa, the immediate reaction was, what do the scientists say? How can science help us? Internationally, there was a scramble for getting vaccines developed at unprecedented speed. Medical practitioners, medical staff and scientists were and still are at the forefront in helping us fight this pandemic. They are the heroes. At the same time that we fight against the COVID pandemic, the world also faces the ever-increasing challenge of climate change. Climate change is not going to magically disappear. It needs research, it needs science, and it needs innovation as a matter of urgency and with great speed. There is no time to waste. We are becoming increasingly aware and subjected to the very real reality of water shortages. Not the kind of shortages as a result of service delivery in many of our municipalities, but the very real danger of our water resources diminishing due to climate change. But we need scientists to conduct research and innovators to provide us with the solutions for mitigation and adaptation. Chairperson, the fourth industrial revolution is a term that has been very popular in parliamentary speeches and in government plans. It is then with utter disbelief that one sees the photos of hundreds, if not thousands, of hard copy application for firearms licenses stacked up to be manually processed by the SAPS. Where is the fourth industrial revolution in this? The reality is that the fifth industrial revolution is already here. But in many instances, as we've seen, South Africa is still grappling with the third industrial revolution. It is against this background and the timeliest warning I quoted at the beginning of Neil deGrasse Tyson, that it is inconceivable that the budget of the Department of Science and Innovation only sees a limited increase. And very often this is tantamount to a decline in real terms. For years, we have been pleading for an increased meaningful budget for science and innovation. However, science is still treated as the Cinderella. It is still viewed as a nice to have and something we do on the periphery. The golden thread that runs through the department and its entities presentations is that of uncertainty of financial sustainability. Income losses are a reality that could impact their core functions. It's becoming increasingly more difficult for entities to reach their targets due to inadequate resources, especially human resources. It is also important to note that a reduction in the research budget results in researchers having to rely more and more on outside contract research. This does keep research alive, but the focus area is determined by the sponsor. At this point, we need local research focused on local real issues. Minister, it's all good and well that the department's decadal plans have been approved by government. But this should be accompanied by a realistic and a feasible budget. Minister, I think the science and innovation community should know whether you put up a fight for science and innovation in cabinet and with the Minister of Finance. 
did you point out that science and innovation is at the center of all progress and development, be it social or economic? That science and innovation will play a key role in our economic recovery after the pandemic. Did you fight for science or did you rather support bailouts for failing SOEs? A strong, lively and viable science and innovation sector will be crucial to create an environment that will attract investment we so dearly need. This is a department that needs all the support it can get. Year after year, we praise and congratulate the department for the extraordinary work they do. And Minister, you have done that today. You have given us a list of all the achievements, all the interventions, and we applaud the department and its entities. You have even said that they are punching above their weight. But Minister, it shouldn't be like that. This department should be adequately funded. Year after year, we see a budget not really improving, in fact, declining. And the department even had to make plans when there was a blanket across the board budget cut. Surely this shows that science is not the government's priority. Minister, what have you done to ensure that the research done by the department and its entities are taken up by your fellow ministers? Why is there such a low uptake? It is indeed very important that you mention that there is going to be this collaboration, but we need much more than a forum here and a commission there. Science and innovation should be at the center of all planning, of all planning how to deal with South Africa's challenges. Honorable Chairperson, these are matters that have to be addressed as a matter of urgency. Science and innovation can no longer be neglected. It has to be on the forefront as we navigate the changing world around us. Future generations depend on our actions now. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Tambo. Thanks, Honorable Speaker. I'll be leaving my video off as a result of bandwidth. Uh, my apologies. Honorable Chair, we must state firmly that the EFF rejects this budget. It is our considered view that it is an end product of an underwhelming department with no vision to leverage science and research to serve a development into the department is to ensure in research and development. Yet the bedrock of economic policy in this country reveals a concerning poverty in terms of understanding how a developmental economy ought to be run. One cannot claim to have a desire to utilize science and innovation to develop the economy, yet all indicators reveal an economic planning that is based on dependency on foreign direct investment and austerity. There is nothing about, about the policy of this government that shows any meaningful investment in innovative sciences. It is a regime that has chosen to outsource all developmental policy to invest tech and the global network of capital, making us a nation that permanently waits for donations, a failure that has become much clearer during this pandemic. It is a department that is deliberately out of sync with objective reality, or one that simply takes South Africans for fools, because what it claims it wants to achieve is the opposite of what is happening in terms of how the state is run. The foolish claim that one of the supposed three pillars of the 2019 to 2024 medium-term strategic framework is to build a more capable state is misleading and naive. It is foolish because while they laid down such an objective, 
the CEOs of SOEs in this country, such as ESCOM and SAA, can vast the perspective of privatizing state-owned aviation and energy generation, respectively. While this department sits on its hands and boasts about the establishment of numerous task teams that we can no longer keep track of, AXA has resolved to sell what it feebly defines as non-core assets, and the South African Health Practitioners Association operates with imperialist procurement policy in terms of vaccines. To talk about the failure of vaccine efforts would be to actively look for depression, as we are vulnerable today because of this department's impotence in innovative sciences. While this department claims that science and innovation efforts must be mainstream across all sectors of governance, South Africa regresses into reactionary policy, leaving us to wonder whether they make any contribution to policy development at a cabinet level. It is the EFF that has raised in the portfolio committee that this department seemingly exists to speak to itself because all relevant ent entities conceded that they play no meaningful role in economic policy development and the posture towards state-owned enterprises. The mandate for policy has been surrendered to the private sector, and this becomes more apparent by day. But perhaps let us display how even if the department were to be saved from its obscure position in policy contribution, their contributions would remain insignificant. While the country grapples with levels of unemployment that would lead to civil war in any other nation, this department seeks to create jobs and transform the economy through a meager 1.1% increase in GDP investment through expenditure on research and development. This is supposedly to make us competitive through ICT adoption. The bubble that, that, the, the, bubble that the department exists in is further displayed when alluding to their second key priority being education, skills, and health. Just last week, we debated the higher education budget in which we revealed that 6.8 billion will be cut from NASFAS and over 900 million will be cut from Tibet infrastructure grants. These cuts will significantly impact access to higher education with the department conceding that this means that enrollments in the sector will have to be decreased. Despite this, the Department for Science and Innovation seems to have as a priority expanding access to post higher education. Despite the higher education sector that has withheld qualifications of over 106,000 graduates and continues to financially exclude thousands from education because of money, this department somehow has a pipe dream priority of increasing black lecturers. There is seemingly no grasp of cause and consequence, which is why they speak outside the realm of reality. There's no understanding that the medium term budget cut of 1.7 billion makes any objective centering of science and innovation in job creation and industrialization unworkable. The decrease from 16.8 million to 6.6 .6 million and thereafter 6.8 million to the National Research Foundation for Research and Development in Indigenous Knowledge Systems reveals a government not willing to invest in developing internal capacity in knowledge production, research and innovation. And this is an indicator of a self-hating commitment to imperialism. Instead of prioritizing local developmental initiatives, the department has chosen to increase allocation of the budget to travel, subsistence, venues and facilities, instead of increasing ICT capacity to ensure that international cooperation occurs through the use of economically conservative systems. They are excited to be tourists rather than to allocate funds sensibly for developmental purposes. To close on a note that is telling of this government's lack of commitment to create dependable African innovation and science initiatives, the allocation to technology localization, beneficiation and advanced manufacturing has decreased by 92.1 million. And this is the crux of the right-minded approach to development in this country. Without localized development, massive and inward industrialization, the establishment of quality pharmaceutical capacity and the centering of SOEs, the developmental project in this country is doomed for failure. This budget and the appropriation bill is yet another indicator that the future of this country is in the hands of people without the slightest clue of what purpose research and science serves. And for this reason, we reject it. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Ngumalu.
Honorable Chairperson. Yes, Honorable Singh. Yes, sorry, Honorable Namalo is having some connectivity problems. So may I continue with his uh, speech and debate? Yes, you may proceed, Honorable Member. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. Honorable Chairperson, the fact that uh, Honorable Namalo is having these connectivity problems highlights, Minister, the need for innovation when it comes to the provision of adequate and appropriate network coverage, particularly in rural areas. And I don't think it's only Honorable Ngualo that uh, goes through this problem, but many members of parliament and, and, and the public out there have to you know, endure these problems. So I hope you'd look into that arena with the uh, service providers, uh, uh, you know, the major service providers of mobile network. Uh, Chairperson, this budget vote comes at a time when the world is still reeling from the devastating effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Never before has science been so important to humanity. The pandemic has shown us that we need innovative solutions to address health and other challenges, be it in the education sector, in the manufacturing sector, or any other sector. The pandemic has also brought to us the reality that funding for science and innovation requires a long-term commitment to developing the capacity to address national emergencies and global challenges. For this reason, we cannot ignore the importance of giving this department a strong budget. We cannot deliver on the promises of the fourth industrial revolution if we do not fund science and innovation. For us to fully benefit from the fourth industrial revolution, we must have a robust funding framework for this department. If we do not do that, we will continue to buy foreign technology, which we could have produced locally, and we will continue to rely on other states to help us solve problems in South Africa. An example in this regard is the issue of the COVID-19 vaccine. Since the outbreak of the pandemic, other states have produced vaccines due to the strength of their funding for science and innovation. We could have done the same if only sufficient funding had been provided for this department in the long term, and if we had put an aggressive plan for science and innovation in place at the dawn of our democracy. However, the IFP welcomes the department's socioeconomic innovation partnerships, which will see this country identifying areas that need sustainable development capabilities in science, technology, and innovation. In this regard, we call for more funding for energy and bioinnovation, as these are some of the most pressing areas that require our attention. The IFP also welcomes the commitment to fund several instruments in support of increased localization, competitiveness, and research development for our industries. The foremost commitment, uh, Honorable Chairperson, in this regard should be to ensure that not only do we fund undergraduate students to undertake science and technology courses, but also that we develop knowledge at postgraduate level. This will create a strong understanding of scientific concepts, which could form the basis for practical solutions to many problems facing this country. Funding will develop our capacity in science and enable us to attract and retain young energetic minds who have a commitment to innovation. South Africa will benefit if such funding encourages students to undertake postgraduate research and to remain in research. It should also be channeled towards courses and programs that address the immediate needs of our communities, such as energy, water, security, food, transport, and medicines, amongst others. As I said, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Minister, as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, the whole world, let alone South Africa, are operating in a new normal. Whilst COVID-19 is having a devastating effect 
through loss of lives, the healthcare sector being overstretched, and the economy is taking strain. It has brought about significant changes in the way we do things. This debate today is a case in point. It is said that we must always look for the seed of hidden opportunities in every adversity. That time has arrived, Honorable Minister, and you need to seize the moment. Carpe diem. The IFP accepts this budget. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Bosson. Honorable Alger, it has been said, maybe in jest, that science is the, the religion of the secular state and that scientists are the priests. The, thing we, the things we don't understand can be explained by science. And if we still don't understand, we just have to believe. Questioning scientists is not recommended. We could be wrong, but even worse, one can be ridiculed. There are a few problems in this department which include religious spirit I want to share. My inquiries revolve around the Council of Scientific and Industrial Research. The first problem relates to the end of service of previous CEO, Dr. Tsipu Sisu Sisi. He declared in 2016 that the DEO requested him to influence a tender for a supercomputer the CSIR was about to buy. He publicly refused to do so. Then allegations of maladministration were made against him by an XMB. According to media reports, the minister at the time viewed the allegations in a serious light and ordered an investigation. Subsequently, Dr. Sabisi's contract came to an end and was not reappointed. My own research on the matter revealed no, conclu revealed no conclusion in the investigation. I asked a written question to the current minister. He answered that there was, in fact, no investigation. Were public rumors about an investigation just a, a way to create a cloud? Soon afterwards, the current CEO was appointed and maybe unrelated, the CSIR turned its opinion away from renewables towards the nuclear bulb program of the time. Another saga at the CSIR involves a highly regarded national laser center. Technology to do 3D printing with titanium and other metals was developed here and South Africa became a world leader in the field. AeroSwift project was a partnership to commercialize CSIR-developed technology in the aircraft industry. The largest 3D printing facility in Africa, possibly the world, would produce strong, stable, but light, lightweight components. The technical lead of the project pointed towards irregularities and slow advancement. He was replaced in that position and subsequently forced to take retirement. On his last day at work, he was summoned by the head of the center and informed that he had to hand in his immediately and vacate his office within 30 minutes. When he attempted to complete the discussion with an outside client, he was escorted out by security seven hours before retirement. In the aftermath, he was prevented to work with any of the partners in the project or to have contact with employees of the CSIR, past or present. Notwithstanding his departure, about a year later, the board of the CSIR reacted on, on his allegations of maladministration by appointing forensic investigators, fibers, and associates. When I asked questions about this matter uh, and about the fibers report in November last year, the current CEO of the CSIR assured me that all recommendations in the report were adhered to and that the institution acted decisively against those pointed out. 
in December 2020, the minister kept a promise made during a question and answer session and the fibers report was sent to me. This report clearly exposed the appointment of the current head of the NLC as irregular. It recommended that the centre should be restructured and that it should not be part of the NITRA. The CSIR should then have entered into negotiations with him regarding a new position. Action should have been taken against the persons responsible for his appointment. When I recently asked the CEO of the CSIR what had happened, he responded that the person is now, nearly three years down the line, still in his position and that no action can be taken against him as he was not responsible for his own appointment. And the person who appointed him has left the organization for other reasons. The report also indicated that this same person took the initiative in the forgery of timesheets, which led to the CSIR sourcing around 2 million rand from the Department of Science and Innovation. The CEO commented that these were only internal control measures and required no action, although the fibers report differs. Let's call this action decisive, because the CEO of the CSIR would never lie to Parliament. There are more, but time is not on my side. The Freedom Front plus rejects the budget. Thank you, Honourable House Chair. Thank you, Honourable Member. The next speaker is the Honourable Deputy Minister of Higher Education, Science and Innovation. The Honourable Deputy Minister. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Honourable Chairperson, um, Minister of Higher Education, Science and Innovation, Dr. Blake Nzimande, members of the Portfolio Committee, led by the Chair, uh, Honourable Fili Mapulani, Honourable Members, Director General, Dr. Film Joaha, Chairpersons and CEOs of entities, officials of the department, ladies and gentlemen. It is my honour and privilege to join the Minister in presenting the budget of the Department of Science and Innovation. I dedicate this address to the people of Palestine and do so with a sincere hope that one day they too will know the taste of liberty and dignity. With our country having had the bitter taste of violence for so long, we have a duty to stand in solidarity with oppressed people all over the world and fight for global peace to the bitter end. As long as the people of Palestine live in ever-present fear, with women and children losing their life and limp mercilessly at the hands of an imposing power, we too cannot claim our freedom. There is no doubt, honorable members, that the COVID-19 pandemic has turned our world upside down. It has not just changed the way our institutions function, it has essentially changed life as we know it. This new reality has tested humanity's will to survive, but it has also tested the agility of our national system of innovation. Like all state institutions, we as the Department of Science and Innovation have had to reorientate our resources and programs in support of our nation's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. As alluded to by the minister, our technology stations leaped into the bridge immediately. For instance, our downstream chemicals technology station at Nelson Mandela University began producing an emergency supply of hand sanitizers for the university's internal use at the start of the pandemic, which led to a flood of requests for assistance from companies and government, including the Eastern Cape Department of Health and Chris Honey District Municipality. 
the product development technology station and medical device uh, addi addictive manufacturing technology demonstrator at the Central University of Technology began producing parts for the National Ventilator Program. Owing to the exceptional pro uh, product development capabilities in the province, the high quality FMP2 CUT clinician, clinician respirator was developed, manufactured, tested and regulated all within two months. Honorable members, such response would not have been possible without our deliberate investment in the development of human capital. The need for human capital development becomes even more agent if viewed in the context of the South African Quarterly Labor Force Survey for the fourth quarter of 2020, which reported unemployment to be at 32.5%. As you may be aware, this rate was even higher among young people between the ages of 15 and 34. In addition to the persistence of historical and structural factors, unemployment in South Africa is exacerbated by a lack of workplace skills and formal experience. In response to this complex challenge, through our Youth into Science strategy in the 2020-2021 financial year, we've placed 605 unemployed science, technology, engineering, and mathematics graduates with various institutions where they are able to provide services to communities and gain workplace experience. We pay them monthly stipends of up to 6,000, depending on qualifications for the entire duration of 12 months in this program of the DSI. This intervention has seen steady progress since its inception in 2008 and has yielded a 72% success rate in support of skills development through a hydrogen fuel cell training validatory program that has trained 17 unemployed TVET graduates. They will be deployed as technicians for the hydrogen fuel system across the country. As part of our efforts to provide learners with extracurricular support, in the critical areas of science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and innovation, STEM I, we use, among others, Olympiads and related competitions. Currently, less than half a million learners participate in STEM I Olympiads and related competitions in a population of about 13 million learners. As part of our efforts to stimulate young people's interest in the subjects of science, technology, mathematics, and innovation, we're currently supporting up to 35 science centers across the country. One such is a center is the one in Tofimvaba, the Tofimvaba Science Center. We see this science center as an opportunity to test an intergovernmental partnership model of establishing and running a science center where the three spheres of government collaborate in the establishment of post-establishment post management of science centers. If successful, we hope to develop intergovernmental development approach of science centers modeled around Tofim Baba Science Center. It may please honorable members to know that we intend to launch the Tofim Baba Science Center as part of the 2021 Youth Month celebration. For scientific innovation to achieve broad societal impact, we need a capable, efficient, and agile state. As part of our contribution in this respect, in partnership with the South African government, the Human Science Research Council and the University of KwaZulu-Natal will be broadening the use of the Municipal Innovation Maturity Index, MIMI. MIMI is a decision support tool designed to measure the innovation capabilities and practices of municipalities and their readiness to adopt innovations to improve the delivery of basic services. In the coming months, this initiative will be launched nationally to increase the percentage of municipalities participating in the MIMI initiative to over 
to enhance the efficiency and agility of the state, and in particular, our department's capacity to implement its programs in all nine provinces over the past three years through the CSIR, we've implemented the Regional Innovation Support Program, RISP. This program seeks to facilitate the establishment of innovation support interventions on behalf of the department. Honorable members, we're pleased to report that the RISP program has grown from three initiatives in 2018 to 16 initiatives in 2020. There are currently interventions in most of our provinces. One of the key themes of my address at last year's budget vote debate was about how best to position our country to respond creatively to the fourth industrial revolution. In partnership with the National Department of Human Settlement, KZN Department of Human Settlement, and the Investor of Johannesburg, we're currently piloting the use of 3D printing technologies for the construction of houses. This flagship project will be tested in housing units and will be used to assess the policy implications, social acceptance, and financial implications of 3D printed homes in the built environment. This project will also support the participation of local SMMEs and entrepreneurs in the localization of 3D printing, uh, 3D printing machines for the human settlement sector. Also related to the fourth industrial revolution technologies, we are pleased to report that progress is being made with a framework for quantum technology research and innovation in South Africa. The framework identifies niche opportunities that could kickstart a quantum technology industry in South Africa with modest investments. The potential application of quantum computing cut across many industries and could help leapfrog the local high-tech industry to the forefront of the fourth industrial revolution. We continue with our work with science councils, universities, and other government departments, including the Department of Environment, Forestry, and Fisheries, and the Department of Trade, Industry, and Competition. Our efforts are aimed at research development and innovation in such areas as materials flow analysis, the beneficiations of forestry biomass, waste streams, electronic waste dismantling and processing technology, marine plastic pollution, the use of waste public in road construction, and integrating waste pickers into the economy. All these interventions are aimed at meeting the Paris Agreements characterized by paradigms such as eco-innovation, a low carbon economy, resource efficiency, the bioeconomy, and environmental technology. As far as future projects are concerned, in the 2021-22 financial year, two additional research infrastructure will be established as part of the continued rollout of the South African Research Infrastructure Roadmap. These are the nano macrofine manufacturing facility and the South African polar research infrastructure. This financial year, we're also looking at the implementation of the national big data strategy for research development and innovation. Its primary aim is to maximize the return on investments in research big, uh, uh, big data and hence realize the economic, social, and educational, scientific, and industrial beneficiation potential of research big data for South Africa. Development of the national big data strategy can be regarded as a major intervention by the research sector. We also intend to reconfigure the National Institute for Theoretical Physics into a National Institute for Theoretical and Computational Sciences. This reconfiguration follows one of the findings of the review of the higher education science, technology, and innovation institutional landscape. The South Africa's institutional landscape has expanded far less than the scope and scale of its research and scientific 
capabilities. Uh, the reconfiguration is also in accordance with our white paper. In conclusion, House Chair, this budget vote debate takes place during an important month, Africa Month, which marks the 58th anniversary of the founding of the Organization of African Unity. In this context, it is perhaps appropriate to conclude by borrowing from the wisdom of one of the founding fathers of African unity, Dr. Nkuruma, who said, the struggle against colonialism does not end with the attainment of national independence. Independence is only the prelude to a new and more involved struggle for the right to conduct affairs, to construct our society according to our aspirations, unhampered by crushing and humiliating neocolonialist controls and interference. I thank you, House Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Deputy Minister. Honorable members, I now yes. want to hand over to the Honorable Jumat Peterson, who will preside over the remainder of this mini plenary session. The Honorable Jumat Peterson. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. The following speaker will be the Honorable M.E. Sukas. Honorable member, your time has started. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Honorable Chair, when Chief Albert Lutuli received the Nobel Peace Prize, he said, scientific inventions at all conceivable levels should enrich human life, not threaten existence. Science should be the greatest ally, not the worst enemy of mankind. In 2019, the Department of Science and Technology published a white paper on science, technology and innovation. The new policy has been praised as being one of the best policies produced in Africa. However, very few of my constituents have exposure to science and technology initiatives. This must be addressed through close coordination between the departments of basic education, higher education, science and technology. But we must also heed Chief Lutuli's words and these initiatives must enrich the lives of our people in a direct and tangible way. Not only does there need to be a close coordination between departments, but government departments need to ensure that policy making is research-based and data-led. It is our contention that especially in respect to socio-economic impact assessments, this is not happening. The SEIAs that we have seen, especially in basic education, are poorly researched and we appreciate the undertaking for partnerships that would bring improvement in this regard. This should be a key focus of the Department of Science and Technology, and I hope that we will see the department offering this support and that we will see quality SEIAs in the future. Engagement with communities with science and technology will also be successful if the values of our people are respected. In the quote I mentioned at the beginning of this speech, Chair, Chief Lutuli was speaking of the threat of nuclear war and making the point that science and technology cannot be divorced from ethics and ethical considerations. Unfortunately, there is little mention in the white paper or this budget of the need for science and technology to be guided by ethics. Too often people of faith are excluded from scientific research at all levels because the environment is hostile to their ethical concerns. This means that when decisions are made, the ethical concerns of the majority of our people are ignored. The ACDP calls on the department to make ethical considerations a priority and to ensure that the voices of people of faith are included and their voices heard when any decisions regarding science and technology are made. In this way, we honor the wisdom 
of a man of deep faith, Chief Albert Lutuli. In closing, the ACDP wish to reiterate our stance that there should be prayers for the peace in the Middle East and for all role players to consider the cost of human lives in the current conflict. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Sukas. The UDM, do you have a speaker? If none, ANC, Honorable Sabia. And thank you, Honorable Chaperson. The history of humanity has in different epochs inverted and transformed matter through science to different developments which have revolutionized society. It is scientific inventions and the application of science which has produced solutions to numerous challenges which are a threat to humanity. For South Africa to resolve its domestic challenges and to contribute to global developments, we have to ensure that we provide sufficient support to promote science and develop scientists in various fields of studies. The coronavirus pandemic has demonstrated the importance of science in bringing about solutions which protects us during this current health crisis. Honorable members, the production of new knowledge and generating and exploiting knowledge and innovation is also a critical aspect to make a social impact, which will bring about a change, which improves the living conditions of all. This budget vote 35 on science and innovation is a critical budget in providing support to research and the development of postgraduates and academics. National Research Foundation. The investment that government provides for the National Research Foundation is not appropriately acknowledged, honorable members. The National Research Foundation is a significant contributor on research outputs of the country. National Research Foundation funded researchers contributed to 29% of the South African publications in 2019. This is a significant impact by the ANC government. This support provided for postgraduate students, for honors, masters, and doctorate are critical to expand access and to improve the country's human capability. The research grants for various research fields have increased research output producing new knowledge and bringing about various innovations and developments. We must note the impact of the pandemic on the financial capacity of the National Research Foundation as the budget reprioritization of 2020 required funds to be allocated for the fight against the pandemic as an agent priority. This has resulted into a decline of postgraduates supported to 6,200 students awarded bursaries for the budget vote 2021 and 2022 and 2,000 PhD students. The reprioritization also impacted research grants and the implications of this will be a decline in research output. The National Research Foundation will continue to make a significant impact for the country's research and development. Transformation of the country also requires the changes 
in demographics of the national skill space. The previously disadvantaged blacks and women should be prioritized for support in order to address the justice. The, the entity plans to maintain its target of producing new knowledge, generating and exploiting new knowledge and innovation at 9,250. The, the National Research Foundation plays this critical transformational role in our society and should be continually support, supported to deliver its mandate international cooperation. To ensure global competitiveness and cooperation, the department has programs which focus on overseas bilateral cooperations to promote and facilitate South Africans the, the bilateral in science, technology, and innovation cooperation with partners in Europe, the Americas, Asia, and Australia, especially for human capital development and collaborative research and innovation. This is important to expose our research and development and to also gain exposure and experiences from different nations in order to develop mutually developmental collaborations. Academy of Science South Africa. One of the key entities of the department in promoting science in South Africa is the Academy of Science South Africa. The implementation of the decadal plan and the increase of innovation will require us a sustainable developmental growth of human capabilities in science. This requires the recognition and rewarding of outstanding scientific innovations and publications. The promotion of our research outcome and impact should be enhanced to contribute to the creation of a capable developmental state. This is consistent with the ANC policy that public engagement and promotion of science, technology, and innovation should be intensified. Intellectual property. Intellectual property is another critical component of innovation and its commercialization or scaling. Our government and its institution should be a critical player in creating markets for domestic technological solutions, which can improve the capacity of the state of developments by entrepreneurs and innovators as supported by the department and its entities, including those from the private sector. The pandemic has shown the necessity of technological solutions, and we need to locally develop technology and deploy it in support of the use of innovation in implementing state policies in basic education, health, infrastructure projects, scoping, district and local municipal government governance. We have to harness these skill, skills internationally through government policy, government labor and business should encourage the use and increase their uptake of locally produced technologies. Governance capacity. We should also commend the department for maintaining an unqualified audit outcome with entities with good governance system. We are confident that the department will continue to use its budget allocation effectively and efficiently to ensure the outcomes of the department are achieved. 
some valuable. The African National Congress supports this budget vote, which is tabled under strained economic conditions. We are confident it will contribute in achieving the objectives of the white paper on science and innovation and the decadal plan. The budget supports the key programs of the department. The economic reconstruction and recovery plan requires skills and innovation to create an inclusive economy and science should benefit the public as demonstrated during the pandemic. Thank you very much, honorable member. The following would be from the AIC. If none, the next speaker from the PAC. If none, the following speaker, I call upon the Honorable N.I. Tarabella Mashesi. Uh, Honorable member, you now have six minutes instead of the five. You may start. Thank you, Chair. Honorable Chair, our fight against COVID-19 continues. With a number of those dying from this pandemic rising daily, we can't help but to be alarmed. And the slow vaccination paces become a grave concern to our citizens. And on this, on behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I would like to express our heartfelt condolences. May those who less lost the battle against COVID-19 rest in peace. Honorable members, our struggle is not only against this uh, pandemic, it is also against unprecedented unemployment, especially amongst our youth. The truth is, until 64% of our population is vaccinated, resuscitating our already ailing economy will be a mammoth task. Yet, we are a country that is known for pioneering heart transplant, a country of the first town in the world to have streetlights a country of laser technology, and the list goes on. However, of late, we are making headlines as a country with a corrupt government that is captured, lack accountability, and one of the slowest pace in rolling out the vaccine in Africa, surpassed by Zimbabwe. You see, Chair, South Africa does not lack the know-how or the appetite to lead in technology and innovation. We don't have shortage of expertise. Our universities, our research centers, like the CSIR, the Human Science Research Council, and together with a youthful nation, we could be Africa's economic power engine. All we need is an enabling government that will adequately find science and innovation to achieve our economic transformation. Science and innovation should be at the center of our economic growth. International procurement by the state must be in consultation with this department to have continuous checks and balances of what we can produce and what warrants international procurement and how to meet the gaps. Instead, we see budget cuts in South Africa's investment in R&D. Currently, R&D stands at 0.8% of gross domestic uh, product and the budget cuts specifically on program four in research and development alone is over 1 billion rand. This is a setback, honorable members. It's a setback, setback on our set targets of 1.5% by 2030. 
will not meet our target. It will be difficult to meet this target, target if we don't stick to commitments and see projects come to fruition. Honorable Chair, until our state develops an entrepreneurial mind shift, only then we can succeed as a country. What we find is a lack of faith in South African made products nationally. And the reality is that the same government that is spending billions on R&D does not have confidence in homegrown products. This government would rather place an order for overseas technology than from our own companies. For example, CSRI developed prototypes of affordable housing and prototypes of low cost uh, and durable roads, but, that, but yet there is no uptake by government. This is unacceptable. It is unacceptable to be biased of what is out there when we can produce locally. The ANC policy ideas, they don't find a fruitful uh, solution. For instance, the manufacturing of active pharmaceutical in 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 ingredients, which when then led to the establishment of uh, Gitlapilla Pharmaceutical was one of them. And with the government pulling out, Gitlapilla has yet to produce one API. Shockingly, in the 2019 report, Cyril Ramaphosa Presidential Health Summit called once again for the establishment of a competitive state pharmaceutical company to decommodify essential medicine supply. This is a typical talk that we have seen and we have become accustomed to with this government. One step forward and two step backward. The Arab policy is the ongoing safe, clean, cost competitive green energy initiative. The South Africans Pebble Bed Modular Reactor. The project started in 1993 with a staff component of more than a thousand personnel. Again, the government withdrew its support from the project when it was just about ready to be rolled out. Instead, now what we're seeing is this government rather opting to use the super polluting Turkish car power ship fleet, which has left the Lebanon bone dry and reportedly arrived in Durban for an alleged period of 20 years for electricity supply. This is another ANC scandal loading. The other policy is hydrogen fuel cell technology, which was supposed to come to fruition by 2018. It is now 2021, as no, there's no sight of this technology being used. One thing that I have to recommend and, uh, and commend uh, this um, ministry of is that the minister, you have managed to come up with a tax incentive that has been taken up by so many companies. They have taken advantage of this. The only problem with this is the fact that they are glitched in terms of the time for CSR, uh, SA, um, South African Reserve Bank, uh, um, SA uh, SARS, I'm sorry, the application approval. And also we need to make sure that we encourage other provinces to take advantage of this initiative. I thank you. Thank you, honorable member. The following member to speak would be the honorable Makatra. Honorable member, your time starts now. 
Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson of the House, Honorable Members, but most importantly, members of the National System of Innovation and citizens of South Africa watching at home this evening. Um, good evening. Um, in the year in which we as a country have marked the year of Charlotte Makweke and have con committed ourselves to the promotion of human rights in the age of COVID-19, it is befitting that we mention uh, Mema Kleke during this debate on the budget vote of the DSI, as Mema Kleke is recognized with a Bachelor of Science degree from Wilberforce University, which she attained in 1901 as the first Black South African woman to have attained a university de degree. As we continue to advocate for more young Black women to find representation in science, technology, and innovation, we say long live the undying spirit of Charlotte Makleke. I think we may all be in agreement that science and innovation is absolutely critical for the socio-economic development of our economy. Hence, the ANC has resolved that government, labor, and business should be encouraged and directed to use and increase their uptake of locally produced technologies, as this will increase local innovation and production. The National Development Plan thus places science, technology, and innovation as one of the key primary drivers for economic growth. Picking up from Honorable Mamsibia's remarks on women in science and innovation, in relation to the legacy of Mema Kleke regarding the representation of young Black women in science and innovation, we were highly concerned as the ANC post the budget adjustments of 2020-2021, where we saw a decline in the budget allocation for Program 4 on research development and support, because this decline would then impact the financial muscle of the department to achieve outcome two in relation to the needed percentage increase of women and black researchers in South Africa's research and academic workforce, as well as the needed increase in PhD qualified teaching and research staff. Thus, Honorable Makesi, to correct you, it is pleasing, Minister, to see that there has been a 26.8% real increase in funding for research development and support towards the 2021-2022 budget allocation. This increase is not only welcomed as a benefit for women and black researchers, but it also speaks to ensuring continuous research development. You see, this moment during which the entire globe has found itself affected by the COVID-19 pandemic affirms the importance of scientific research and development as a tool not only to be used to solve problems of the immediate or the no or known, problem, known problems, but also unforeseen problems or crises such as this pandemic. One of the reasons why South Africa is one of the leading global research and innovation forces in responding to the pandemic is because of the history of investment that we have put into research and development, thus continued and increased investment in research and development remains critical for enhancing our resilience to cope with future crises. And I think all honorable members from honorable um, Rotriate, um, who unfortunately we, we were not in you know, the fairy tale Cinderella where we could have our, our fairy godfather, uh, Tito Mboweni, uh, mag uh, wave his magic wand and you know increase the budget allocation. But I think the true sentiment that most members have here is that uh, minister, we really need to increase uh, 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 the funding towards um, science and innovation because of the amazing work that is being done. Particularly because the work that's being done in this department um, directly impacts the realities of society. So, honourable Sukus, I, I, I disagree with you that. Um, the work of the department does not uh, uh, respond directly to the needs of ordinary South Africans. This pandemic has shown us that indeed it does. It responded to a matter of life and death. 
But now let's speak on the case of 32-year-old UKZN science graduate Sami Letele, together with his colleagues at the Africa Health Research Institute, making groundbreaking discoveries around the COVID variant 501 YV2 earlier in the year, um, which is testament again to the great work of, um, that is being done by the South African National System of Innovation. Um, which then again speaks to the fact that we need to ensure greater we need to ensure greater investment by both public and private sector into R&D. Um, these discoveries, as I've said, um, have literally uh, responded to a matter of life and death, and hopefully they have reminded us that science and innovation is not a mere expenditure item against the national fiscus, but indeed an investment. Investment by the private sector in research and development remains a concern, and as such, we support the publishing of a paper by Treasury inviting public comment on the future of the research and development tax incentive, in line with the sentiments of the President Ramaphosa on a social compact between public and private sector amongst other institutions in the country, we must see increased investment by the private sector in order for us to near our goal of spending 1.1% of our GDP on research and development in the medium-term strategic framework ending in 2024. Despite the negative impacts of the reductions in the parliamentary grant towards the CSIR in 2020-2021, um, in the 2020-2021 adjustments as a consequence of COVID, we can all agree that the, um, the CSIR has made a significant contribution in supporting the national public and private sector response to COVID. In fact, all the, all the entities of the DSI have really contributed a lot to responding to this particular pandemic. Just last year, the CSIR demonstrated the capability of the state to, to, de to develop its domestic manufacturing capacity in order to increase our industrial base and thus addressing unemployment and poverty. And we saw this with the 20,000 ventilators through the National Ventilator Project of Government, um, which government is now considering exporting some of the ventilators into the rest of the continent. Um, and so we, we, we welcome the increased budget allocations towards the CSIR for the for the year 2021-2022. Indigenous knowledge systems in the form of traditional medicine have played a recognizable role in the response to COVID-19. This era of COVID-19 has reignited our appreciation for traditional medicine and systems at large. As the ANC, we remain committed to undoing the historic injustice of the neglect of African pedagogy by ensuring the protection, promotion, and development and ethical management of indigenous knowledge. Um, and so, Committed to the implementation of the IKS Act, we welcome the redirection of funds from the NRF towards the Special Services Delivery Unit as a way of ensuring that the necessary funding and direct focus is given to the implementation of the IKS Act. Um, honorable members, one believes that during the constituency period, we all engage with our constituents and take umpago from the conversations um, that we have. In this, in this last constituency period that we just had, um, I had a conversation with a young lady called Tulisi Lekanile, who is a PhD candidate in an HIV pathogenesis research unit and the co-founder of Ngatuto Edupropella. Ngatuto Edupropella has a mission to advance innovation, science, and creativity in previously disadvantaged communities with the vision to develop problem-solving skills through teaching science research um, principles and creating platforms to commercialize science and engineering solutions. When I asked Ms. Kanile what her concerns as a young Black woman scientist were, she shared her concerns around firstly, a delayed exposure of young people to innovation. She expressed that young people who were furthering their studies in science, technology and engineering and mathematics STEM only got to turn their research into innovation and then maybe commercialize it at a much later stage. 
Furthermore, she raised concerns around the lack of, the, of awareness and integration of STEM opportunities beyond STEM institutions, thus having many STEM graduates unemployed or working in fields completely out of their desired spec. Now, if one were to stick to the concern on turning research into innovation and then commercializing it, one must really start by welcoming the approval of the Job Science, uh, Technology and Innovation Decadal Plan by Cabinet, as mentioned by Honorable Mapulane, because the Decadal Plan serves as the implementation plan for the 2019 White Paper. And part of the goals of the STI White Paper is to establish the Sovereign Innovation Fund which could support the commercialization of locally developed intellectual property, which then possibly addresses one of the concerns raised by Ms. Kangile. Then on her concern relating to the integration of science and innovation into public and private institutions as a form of advancing scientific and innovation solutions, but also ensuring employment, the Decadal Plan then speaks to ensure that there is a, uh, then seeks to ensure that there's a comprehensive approach and mainstreaming of STI across all government operations. This then also includes the convening of the annual science, technology, and innovation plenary for the first time by the president. Um, the STI plenary will gather various stakeholders to seek ways in which STI can be mainstreamed across government, private sector, and civil society, which then speaks truth to the president's vision of social compacting as a tool to developing our nation. We also welcome plans to provide support for 70 demonstrators, prototypes, and other innovation outputs, which are critical phases of advancing um, innovative ideas into tangible products by startups and new companies, which can be scaled into the market. As the ANC, we are really inspired by the plans and convictions of the DSI towards contributing to the implementation of the COVID economic reconstruction and recovery plan. As the ANC, we appreciate the science technology and we appreciate that science, technology and innovation play a pivotal role in the building of this new economy. And we must include in our plans how we aim to address the second pandemic which is listed by the president as, our, as the scourge of gender-based violence, violence, which plagues the lives of women, children, and members of the LGBTQIA community in our country. We thus must ensure that the new National Gender-Based Violence Survey, officially titled the South African National Survey on Health, Life Experiences, and Family Relations conducted by the HSRC, is successfully implemented by the set date of December, 2022. We wish it could be quicker, but we understand that the research must be done thoroughly. We welcome that this survey seeks to ensure a more holistic approach to better understanding the social and economic dynamics that underpin the scourge of gender-based violence and femicide across society. Science and innovation must assist us to defeat COVID-19, to accelerate economic recovery, to implement economic reforms as we create sustainable jobs, to drive inclusive growth, and to strengthen the state and its fight against corruption. So Honorable Bosho, I think there are a lot of developments that have been made on the case that you mentioned. And I think um, the CEO of CSIR has been trying to, 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 to articulate to you um, the progress that's being made on the matters that you raised with regards to the irregular appointment. Um, and I really think that what we need to take from this as honorable members is how to ensure that under this new leadership of the CSIR, um, this matter doesn't reoccur. And we need to put up uh, the right uh, 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 policies and frameworks to ensure that this type of, of, of irregular uh, um, appointment does not happen again and does not affect uh, people who, who, like the individual that you are mentioning, who I, uh, you know, we are of the view that has been unfairly uh, affected by this particular matter. Um, but what we must also ensure as we, as we, as we, as, as we, you know, try and recover our economy and we use science to do so is that 
Um, we do so with a transformed, intersectional, representative, and inclusive national system of innovation, a system that will ensure that these disparities that have been highlighted by the COVID-19 pandemic uh, do not cease to exist in our communities. Honorable Chairperson of the session, thank you so much. The, the ANC supports this budget. And we know, Honorable Mapulane, we've got many views that have emerged in this debate from members who the PMG archives, uh, you know, have never really engaged in, in our portfolio committee meetings in relation to the DSI. It's really good to see these, these members engage on this, um, on this budget. Um, but uh, thank you so much. And we also thank the Honorable Singh um, for, for accepting the budget on behalf of the IFP and Honorable Mumal. Thank you so much, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member. The following speaker would be the Honorable Minister, Honorable Minister, the opportunity is yours now. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chair. Let me start by <clears throat> uh, thanking all those who supported this budget, and in particular also to thank members of the committee of the ANC, the Chairperson, Honorable Mapulani, uh, Uma Musbia, and uh, Honorable Mkacho. And I might, I do need to say also, Honorable Chair, today is a special birthday, is a birthday for a very special South African, uh, the late Walter Sisulu. <clears throat> and it is in memory of people like them that we are continuing this task of transforming science and innovation in our country. I also need to say, as I close, that we need to acknowledge in the progress that we are making the foresight by the president to bring together both the Department of Higher Education and Training and Department of Science and Innovation in under one ministry, as a lot of DSI-supported and driven scientific research and innovation takes place in our universities. I just want to highlight also that the point that uh, Honorable Mapulane is making is welcome about the decadal plan as a major platform for, for taking things forward. And I also want to say to the member of the ACDP, we need <clears throat> the decadal plan, in fact, is the platform which will promote those ministers who are closer to science and innovation space to work together. But also to the honorable member of the ACDP, we must not just only pray for peace in the Middle East, we must stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people and condemn apartheid Israel for the atrocities it is visiting upon the Palestinian people. I also just want to say that we understand the concerns by the ANC on the pace of transformation in the sector, and that is why we are focusing on supporting and the development of youth women and black South Africans. To the DA also, we need to say, you are members of parliament, you need to participate in the debates about the allocation of budgets so that we are able also to raise your matters there. The less said about the EFF, the better for science and innovation in our country. Honorable Tambo spoke about the fact that I haven't said, nothing has been said about Zinyanga, but I did say it. The problem is that he didn't update his speech after listening to me. I did talk about that. And we thank the IFP for the support 
uh, although Honorable Singh, maybe we're a bit unfair on us. Let the IFP spend more money to ensure connectivity of their members as well. I think that Honorable Mkachwa has answered the points really raised by, by Honorable Boso uh, of the Freedom Front Plus that all the matters he's talking about in the CSIR has been, has been concluded and no one was found guilty. And also that the NLC matter is with the CCMA. I want to assure him that I insist as minister that where there is wrongdoing and problems or disputes, I insist with our entities that these must be dealt with swiftly and progressively so that we are not left with unattended uh, problems. I do want to acknowledge what Honorable Marquesi has said about the role that is played by our R&D tax incentives, the point also that has been underlined by Honorable Nombendi. South Africa. Eo by South Africa ene nubegela pambi nexasale nilkanya. Diabonga, thank you very much. Bye, thank you, Honorable Fort Seder. Thank you, Honorable Minister. Thank you, Honorable Deputy Minister. Thank you, Honorable Frolic. To the members who participate in the debate, thank you very much. The members who attended, we appreciate that. Uh, Honorable members, the House is now adjourned. Thank you very much. Long live science and innovation. Long live. Malibongwe. 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 Malibongwe.